Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode. I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Ty, we are uh, we're playing around with some new things here. As uh, you know, we wait for Mariners baseball to return. Uh, we have a new uh, recording platform. So, um, what do you think of that? And uh, how are you doing? Are you staying healthy? Yeah, staying healthy. Uh, same to you. Um, and uh, yeah, Zen uh, Zencaster seems like it's uh, gonna work out pretty well for us. I mean, we'll see after we record this, and hopefully, we don't lose uh, right. all of our uh, all of our recording. Uh, and hopefully, it goes well. And hopefully, this is a much higher quality presentation for our listeners. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, how have you been, Colby? Uh, we haven't recorded in a couple weeks yeah it's been a while i had a a sound card malfunction uh, a couple weeks ago this uh i had to order a new one on uh walmart.com actually i tried amazon but they said they wouldn't be able to get it to me until may uh so i tried walmart and they predicted that it would be here sometime either today or tomorrow or the next monday and it actually got here on wednesday so uh, I was able to record a podcast, uh, the Dan K podcast, by the way. Um, you guys should check that out. It's a really good show. Um, but I was able to record that yesterday, and today I'm here to, uh, you know, record my first Mariners or Soto Mojo podcast, at least in like two weeks. So yeah, that's it's unusual for us to uh, to get a break like that. So um, I'm doing okay, and I'm just happy that uh, we're back, and uh, we actually have a few things to discuss. So. Um, and, and it's you know, not like top... anything uh, interesting happened this week or anything like that. <laughs> right, <clears throat> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, that's for behind the scenes people. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and let's uh, let's go, go through the show sheet here today, guys. Uh, we haven't gotten a chance to react to the original proposal that Major League Baseball leaked. Uh, what was it? Three, four days ago to Jeff Passan. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about that and all of its issues. Um, then there was a new plan leaked this morning. This one was leaked to Bob Nightingale. Um, so yeah, I know. But Take it with a grain what? of salt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess, but yeah, definitely do that. But uh, we'll talk about that plan and how that kind of outlines and whether or not that's an improvement or not. So we'll talk about that. And then we have a question about whether or not we would start uh, some of the prospects in the major leagues this year to kind of get them playing time if there isn't a minor league season and then we'll uh, we'll see how much time we have left. And then Ty has a, a fun little topic that we're going to tackle at the end. So uh, Ty's that sounds good to you, right? Yeah. 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 It, let's get it better. It. Yeah. It yeah, better. I mean, that's well, what we agreed to shoot. <laughs> so <laughs> like anyways, I'm held guys. at gunpoint here. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. No, but uh, anyways, guys, so let's get started. Let's talk about the original plan that we got. Uh, like I said, early this week, I think it was Monday, maybe Sunday. Um, Major League Baseball tactically leaked a plan to Jeff Passan, and the idea was that basically every all 30 teams would play the entire season in Arizona. Um, the season was in their plan would hopefully kick off in late May or very early June, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that there would be some kind of rigorous testing and that the players would be kept completely in quarantine for four and a half months. Um, Basically they would go from wherever they're living to the ballpark and right back 
players would have to sit six feet apart from each other in the stands. There would be no fans at any of these games, just TV. Um, and that, that was pretty much the gist of it. And I would say the reaction to that plan was largely negative, to be kind. Ty, what did you think of the plan when you first heard about it? I think it's a plan that can eventually work. I just don't think that it's worth pushing for right now. Um, I think with the nature of baseball and how it's played, it is one of the few sports that I think can make a return before there's any sort of vaccine admitted or anything like that. I think Major League Baseball can succeed in doing that, just given the space between players and Really, there aren't a whole lot of instances where people are on top of each other in baseball. You know, not like football or basketball. Um, But in terms of trying to force this by May, um, when the numbers keep jumping exponentially in the United States, you know, Arizona is a middle of the pack state in terms of case numbers. It's not like they're exempt from all this. It's not like they're one of the lesser states like a like i believe like montana is the lowest state in the in the Mm -hmm. u.s right now um something like that um it's it's not like they're in that situation so they're going to a place that is uh fairly infected um and what is their plan if a player gets suspended or gets sick are they just going to suspend the season again? Is all of this just going to be for nothing? You know, that's, that's the problem here. And I think you're putting the health of um, thousands of people at risk, more risk than they are right now, just being home. Um, you're asking players and coaches and other staff to, leave their families for at least four and a half months. Um, and there's the issue of having mass testing mm-hmm. and having that easily available to Major League Baseball so that they can test these players, test coaches, etc. on a regular basis. And what kind of effect does that have in terms of taking resources away from people that could use that right um so they need to find a balance if they're able to get regular testing available um without you know making others suffer because of it over a sport then sure i think that's the biggest hurdle here but another one is convincing these players to leave their families, right. convincing these coaches to leave their families, stuff like that. Right. Uh, you know, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. The uh, the this whole plan to me hinges on the idea that you need mass free testing available to everybody in the country before you can even consider this. Because what you can't do is you can't be Major League Baseball and just well, we'll just buy a bunch of tests ourselves and we'll administer them um, and screw the public. You know, that's that's not going to work. That's a non-starter here. So you do need that. You don't you don't need a vaccine, but you need to be able to test. And the thing that I think people may be overlooking here is we're probably not talking about one test and you're good because 
as much as we want to believe that if we just stick these players in, you know, one hotel per team or a bunch of, you know, rental, whatever, however they house these guys, to think that they could just sit there all day in their house and then come to the ballpark and never come into contact with uh, COVID-19, that's insane. That's, that's impossible for them to do. So we're talking about multiple tests. Uh, you're talking about they're probably going to have to carry all 40 members of their 40-man roster because there's probably not going to be a minor league season this year. So what are you going to do about injuries? If somebody gets hurt, are you going to just call up a minor league guy and you know just who's just been sitting on his couch, hasn't got any live action? What are you going to do uh, if that happens? So you probably have to carry all 40 guys. So you're talking about 30 teams carrying 40 players. You're talking about 1,200 tests right there. Um, then we're talking about personnel, managers, coaches, what have you. That's probably, even a skeleton staff, you're probably looking at five to ten people for that position, probably more, but at the minimum. So, you know, there's another 300 tests. Then you're looking at uh, people who need to work. If you're going to telecast these games, you need camera crews, you need need announcers, right? You need umpires. So you're looking at probably another – I don't know, 250, 300 people there. So you're talking about 2,000 tests to get it started minimum. And you're probably going to have to test in a four-month stretch, I would assume at least once a month at the bare minimum. So you're looking at 8,000 tests. Um, that's a lot. And that needs to be available to the general public. Uh, you know, Malik Smith shouldn't be able to get four tests before I can get one. That's that's not how this should work. And that's just a bad look. So I think that is the biggest uh, hurdle here. Um, another one, like you mentioned, the four and a half months away from your family, that that's going to be tough. And if a player doesn't want to do that, are they going to be allowed to sit out this season? I mean, what do you think? I mean, they should be. Um, right. But I think you know, with the greed that we've seen from Major League Baseball over the last couple of weeks, they're probably going to tell them that you have a contract to fulfill. And that's unfortunate. Um, right. But, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a lot of faith in Major League Baseball to do the right thing, to do the ethical thing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't either, really, so... Um, and, you know, this isn't even counting the idea of, you know, how are we going to get 30 teams to play a game when we have 10 spring training parks in Chase Field? Um, we only have 11 ballparks. You need at least 15. Uh, so you're talking about going offsite to maybe Arizona State or Arizona using their field, um, maybe even high school fields. Uh, I mean, you can you know, play multiple games at one right, stadium but, throughout. Right. But here's the issue with that is, is that there's only one stadium in Arizona that has a roof. So what you're Mm -hmm. asking is these fields, the average temperature in Arizona in June, July, and August, is about 106. That's the average high. So we're talking about those fields playing multiple games a day where it's just getting baked all day by that sun. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's not to mention, by the way, having players, play in 106 degree weather for three or four months in a row on top of there's going to be double headers in this format 
I mean, I guess you could probably say, well, all doubleheaders will have to be played at Chase Field. Maybe you could do that, but we're talking about some serious health I had an idea for that. Go ahead. I feel like for the doubleheaders, you would have to assign an A and a B team, and A team plays the first game, B team plays the second game, and it cannot use players from one another's teams, especially if the rosters expand to 40 or more. I... I guess the issue with that, though, is is what if you have an injury on your B team? Like, do teams carry six or seven outfielders? Because you're going to need well, that. Well, if, least... if you have 40 to 50 players on your team, I think you can easily. Well, I don't think they're going to have 50, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, like. Well, plus, are you going to, are relievers exempt? Or if you pitch, if you get, you know, three hitters in the first game, can you not pitch in the second game? You know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. it's pretty easy because. Like I said, the, the starters who aren't pitching that day, they can stay at home. You guys just stay home. We're not going to use you. Um, and then, obviously, the way it sounds right now is that there's going to be, what, 29 is what I heard, 28, 29 players on the active roster this year instead of 26 to try and kind of help with that. Um, so, I mean, I guess you're leaving 11 guys at home. So I would, I would think that. I don't know, maybe it's something where it's like if you play more than six innings in one game, you're ineligible for the second game. You know, maybe something like that. Um, yeah, maybe. But also, depending on the timeline, and there's still so many things we don't know about this, I suppose you could easily just say, well, look, here's what's going to happen is, is you're going to play one game, or you're going to, one te- two teams are going to play a double hit- header every day against each other. That team will be the one that gets to play in Chase Field with the air conditioning, the roof all the major league amenities, and that's how we're going to do this. That could work. But if they're going to ask them to play doubleheaders outdoors, then I agree with you. They need some kind of uh, some kind of system that limits the exposure that they're outside for because that's tough, man. That's really tough, and it's a mm-hmm. lot to ask. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, you know, we're talking about I the weather. I wonder if they would be able to build a baseball field inside of the Cardinals stadium. Well, I mean, I'm sure they would have to okay that. Um, but I know, just I wonder we, if that's possible, like with, dimensions wise. Yeah, I don't. I've never been to Arizona, so I can tell you for sure. I I would assume that they could do it. They did it with Yankee State. Well, Yankee Stadium they made it into a football field, so I don't know. I I think they probably could, but it's a matter of, you know, does Arizona do, do the Cardinals or whoever, you know want to allow that because that could do a number on your on your football field um and you know i think one thing we haven't even addressed here is arizona gonna okay this plan yeah because yeah i mean like you you saw the ufc dana dana white was going ahead with uh ufc 249 and then governor of california stepped in and so did espn and they shut that down so you know the uh, major league baseball may think that this is all fine and good and you know, these federal public health officials, as um, Passon said, have, uh, you know, seen promise in this, you know, even if even with that, you know, it, it really does come down to the state of Arizona. Yeah, it does. Um, and really, honestly, it comes down to the mayors of those cities. Uh, if the mayor of Peoria says no, I mean the governor i guess could probably overrule him but that's a 
that's a long legal battle right there. So there's a lot of flaws with this plan. Um, but, and, you know, I think those flaws were pointed out and we don't know if major league baseball, if this is the primary plan, um, it is the one that they chose to, to float out there though. Um, and the reaction I think was pretty universal that this just seems like a bad idea. Um, right now in a month, it could seem different. Uh, you know, if we've, it seems like there's been some real progress in creating tests that are fast, effective, accurate, um, and they're mass producing those now. So it's, it's totally possible. that in a month's time, we're looking at this going, well, I think it could work. Um, but you know, major league baseball, they listen to the criticism and they come back with a new plan. This time they decide to leak it to Bob Nightingale, allegedly leak it to Bob Nightingale. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a new plan today that was dropped just a couple of hours ago as we're recording this. Um, and the idea is, is uh, I would say it handles a lot of the superficial issues of the previous plan. Um, so Ty, just step in if you hear me forgetting something here. Um, so basically the new plan is every team would play in their home spring training facility which means that half the teams would play in Arizona, half the teams would play in Florida, right? Yep. Yeah, so there's 15 teams in each in each league, basically. Essentially, they create a new American League and National League, but it's the Cactus League and the group, uh, Grapefruit League. Uh, based on what we know, there would be divisions, which would be nearly impossible in the uh, first original plan. There would be playoffs. There would be wild card teams. There, the divisions would be new. They would be brand new uh, divisions. They would be temporary, by the way. These aren't permanent. And in 2021, if we're back to regular baseball, then you would, the divisions would revert back to where they are. Uh, it sounds like the DH would become universal for this season, at least. Um, in both yeah. leagues, which is going to happen anyways. I'm sorry you lost this fight, National League guys, but you lost. So maybe use this year to embrace the DH and see why it's significantly better than than your non-dh game um and yeah the idea is is that you would play everybody in your division 12 times you would play everybody outside of your division six times uh which would bring you to a grand total of in theory 108 games which is exactly two-thirds of a regular season um so ty did did you did i miss any of the basics or uh, do you think that's a pretty good I, I believe that's yeah i believe that's the the basics of it the general gist of it um it's interesting um mm-hmm. it's really different and i think with how crazy the off season was and now how crazy you know this whole delay has been and just the the lay of the land now i think why not get weird with it right i mean i think that would be um, you know, I, I think this plan is better than the original one. Um, but we still go back to the, I, I wrote about this this morning at sotomojo.com. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, at the end of the day, all of these plans, they're non-starters until we have that test that, you know, accurate, fast, reliable test that's available to everybody. Um, but let's assume for a minute that they get that, that that gets figured out, Right. Let's be optimistic here. And they figure that out. Mm-hmm. 
why or do you think that this plan is better than the other one? And is there is there something specifically about it that makes it better than the previous plan? Well, I I think the biggest issue is when the two leagues have to converge. Right. And you know, if you have a playoff, you know, if you have the World Series, etc., I assume it would be the winner of the Grapefruit League and the winner of the Cactus League. You know, right. what is the plan then for when those two teams meet? And obviously, right. you know, everything's changing in the world every day, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, by the time that we would have a World Series, there may be things in place to really get this thing under control. Um, right. who, who knows? Uh, but just from where we are now, that's a big problem. The other big problem is that you would have 15 teams in each league, right? Yeah. And so there would be an uneven amount of teams in each area. So are you playing series, which means that a team would get at least three days off whenever they're that 15th team? Or are you just playing random games every day? Right. And this is where I think, you know, this is a bigger issue, I think, in Florida, um, because in Arizona, you could really just play random games every day because all the ballparks are within an hour drive of each other. In the Grapefruit League, all of those ballparks are hours away. There's a few that are close, but you have to travel hours to get to, you know, different ballparks. So, um, yeah, I think in Arizona, you could probably say, well, we'll just, you know, rotate it and every 10th day or 15th day, whatever it is, you get a day off. Um, so, yeah, that's an easier question to solve in Arizona than Florida. Uh, but I don't think you want, I don't think you would want Arizona to play, you know, today you're playing San Diego, tomorrow you're playing Texas, tomorrow, the next day you're playing LA. And then in Florida, it's like, well, you're playing three games against the Braves and then you're playing three games against the Yankees. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think that's a that's right. a really good point uh, that I hadn't thought of. So, um, yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, conundrum there. Um, yeah, I, I think guess ultimately they could say that's, that's that's going to be a scheduling nightmare for them. Yeah. Um, I guess there are ways that you could work around that, where maybe in the Cactus League you are playing random games, and then in the Grapefruit League you are doing by series, and then a that 15th team just gets three days off and then they go to a specific region of Florida and play it. Or maybe, maybe you uh, do it by regions. Maybe you just play random games within the region and then you get a day off to go travel to the next region. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. There's probably a workaround. There's probably a way to work around it. Um, But like I said, in Florida, that's going to be a major issue. In Arizona, it's really not. Um, so for the Mariners specifically, scheduling is not going to be an issue. Every ballpark they need to get to, they can be there within an hour. They could load up a bus and get there um, in an hour. So um, it's not really an issue for Arizona, but that is a big issue for Florida, and that's half the league. So, yeah, that would be a problem. Um, if you guys are curious, the Mariners would play in the newly minted Northwest Division. Um, that division would include the San Diego Padres, the Kansas City Royals, 
the Milwaukee Brewers and the Texas Rangers, and of course the Seattle Mariners. So, uh, you know, Ty, just from a logistics standpoint here, or just trying to pretend that baseball is normal for a second here. What do you think mm-hmm. of a division that include that the Mariners would play, and that includes Milwaukee, Texas, San Diego, and Kansas City? Um, you think that's well, easier I know, than the AL West? I, I know they wouldn't finish last because the Royals are <laughs> worse. Uh, I mean, it probably might be a battle, but uh, I, I would agree with you. I think I think the Mariners are better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I do think that it is a way less talented division than uh, the AL West. I just, I, I think Oakland and Houston would be um, at the top yeah, of that division. Um, good, you know, yeah. I mean, Milwaukee is going to be really good as well. Um, but yeah, they, they took kind of a step back this year, though. I mean, they've. Yeah. They lost. Some, you know, I mean, it's it's still Yellick, uh, Christian Yellick, and Lorenzo Cain and Ryan there Braun. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really count them as super threats right now. But you know, it's Kessler. They're solid, solid players, and um, you know, they Justin got uh, Smoke, Omar Narvaez. Got, yeah, yeah, they got Luis Urias. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah, Seattle yeah. Mariners uh, North right there. <laughs> yeah. uh, ben Gamble, of course. Yeah, Ben um, Gamble. Yep. So yeah, that. But I, I do think I would say this is if baseball kept the divisions as they were right now, mm-hmm. or to rephrase that, if there was no delay and we were looking at the normal divisions, would any of the teams that are in the Mariners' new division, would you project them to make the playoffs? Brewers, probably. Maybe. You think the Brewers still? Yeah. Uh, Padres, maybe an outside chance. Rangers, outside chance. Right. Kansas City, no uh, chance. Seattle, no chance. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So I think like if you're looking at that division, just I would I would rank probably the Brewers one, Rangers two, Padres three, Mariners four, Royal, Royals five. Yep. I would agree, I think. Um, but yeah, so um, part of this plan would be or we're assuming it would be that they would institute the playoff bump right away, which means seven teams from the Cactus League and seven teams from the uh, Grapefruit League would enter the playoffs. Um, you know, so Seattle technically has a 44% chance, but also, you know, not really. Um, but, but also I, consider I, this. They are always good in spring training. And if spring training <laughs> is year-round, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's that that's a good point. Um, I would say this though is that when you start looking at like, and again, it's excuse us if you're offended by us having a little bit of fun here during the uh, during our uh, our hiatus from baseball here. But when you look at the 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 teams in the Cactus League versus the teams that play in Florida, um, I think you know, particularly for the Mariners. Um, there may be a slight opportunity to make the playoffs. Like, listen, here's the teams that play in the, uh, that play in the cactus league, the Cubs, Mm -hmm. the giants, they suck. The Brewers, the Rockies, the A's, the Padres, the Rangers, the Diamondbacks, the White Sox, the Reds, Cleveland, the Dodgers, Seattle, 
Kansas City, L.A. So Houston's not in your league. New York's not in your league. Tampa Bay's not in your league. Boston's not in your league. Philly, Washington, the National, uh, I mean the Nationals, uh, the Braves. None of those teams are in your league. Yeah. So the best teams in the Cactus League, on paper at least, would be the Cubs, the Brewers, the A's. Cleveland? Maybe LA? Yeah. The Reds? The I mean the I Dodgers that. are the Dodgers are by far the best team. Oh, I missed the Dodgers. I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah. Dodgers yeah. are the best team, probably. And then you're looking at the Cubs, the Brewers, the A's. Cleveland, probably. Cincinnati, LA. Texas. Yeah. You know, Arizona's probably up there a little bit. So I just say it's easier than playing the Yankees, the Nationals, the Phillies, the Astros. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's the easier league. Um, and again, when you look at the division, you're talking about, I would say, two teams that I feel pretty confident are good. Um, and that being uh, Milwaukee and Texas. And then you have two teams that I'm feeling pretty confident will be not so good in Kansas City and Seattle. And then the wild card here is San Diego. I'm just saying there's a chance 50, you know, 42% chance or whatever. Look, they, they get hot at the start. Like <laughs> they did last year. I mean, you kind of have to pay attention to that. I mean, I and, mean, and, in a hundred game season. Yeah. Anything can happen. So, I mean, um, dude, you, you call up you know, you, Jerry Kelnick starts out the season with the team. I don't know. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I do, and the answer is no. But we'll get we'll get yeah. to that in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, here, the plan is just to reiterate the plan, guys. In case you missed it, I don't know you weren't paying attention or whatever. But fifteen teams in Arizona, following basically you know the plan of quarantine and testing and all that stuff, that all still applies to this particular plan. Um, which means there are a ton of hoops that we still need to jump through. However, um, what I would say is is that the difference here is that you're splitting up two, you're splitting up into two leagues, which means you're not going to have 30 teams crashing one state. You're going to have 15 teams. That should help. Um, we're talking about divisions, newly defined divisions, where everybody plays by the same set of rules. Which means we're going to have the DH. We're still going to have the three batter minimum. We're going to you know expanded rosters up to 29. I think. So that's a change. We're going to have divisions. We will have playoffs that are at least somewhat similar to the current, the current setup where you would have a division series and a wild card and, you know, all that stuff. So um, that's the plan right now as we know it. It sounds like the World Series would be played in a dome stadium uh, since that would be November or uh, late October, November. I would assume that would be either Florida, Miami, or Arizona. Um, could be Houston. Uh, Played in Montreal. I mean, Montreal's kind of. Uh, <laughs> I mean, with no fan, if, they, if fans were allowed, that would be really cool. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, with fans, I mean, technically Seattle has a roof. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Finally, have a World Series game at at uh, T-Mobile. Not that <laughs> it we doesn't could go feature to it. the Mariners, <laughs> right? That that would be so on brand. Um, I, I've always wanted them to look into playing the World Series at a neutral at a neutral site. Um, yeah, I think this would be interesting to see that. I don't know, man. There's something about the home field advantage. Yeah, no, I that... I get it. No, I I do like it. I'm just saying that 
I don't know. I, I, I like the Super Bowl being played at a neutral site. And obviously that's different because that's just one game. That's just a one-off. Right. You know, a series is back and forth. You know, yeah, I come to your, your home. I, right. yeah, I come I come to your home. I beat your ass. You come to my home. I, you know, we beat your ass. That, right. That's how it goes. But I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting to see if they would be, if that, if that could, um, maybe have a positive to it you know less pressure and stuff like that this seems to be a year that in major league baseball wants to try something they should do it yeah um so like robot umps um which was a part of the plan that we didn't mention part of the original plan is that there would be a home plate balls and strikes would be called by a computer basically and that's to try and get the home plate umpire to back off from the catcher and the hitter um so that is something that they could implement and they could try this year i mean why not it's it's already a season that's going to be filled with new you know new issues and new things so why not try these rules that you're thinking about so put in the automated automated strike zone put in the you know the universal dh expand the playoffs do whatever it is that you're thinking that you're going to do eventually just do it this year you have your test balloon and let's see how it works out so um those are the plans as we know it I'm assuming, Ty, that you agree with me that either of these plans is not viable until we have that widespread testing that's available. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, Anything and, and as long as it is not taking away from people that can yes. use it, that's the key. Yep. Um, basically, is Major League Baseball going to try and find a way to make sure that Shed Long gets four tests before Joe Blow gets one? Yeah. No. So that that's the big stumbling block right there. Um, and as we get closer to that, and I think we are getting closer to that, these plans will start to carry a lot more merit. But until we get there, all of these are non-starters, unfortunately. So let's ask, let me ask you this. Sure. With seeing this, are you pretty confident that baseball will be played at some point this year? I, I'm more confident than I was a week ago. Um, well, I mean, because a week ago you made a tweet saying this is not going to happen at all. Right. And I think, you know, part of that is, is that I underestimated the greed of Major League Baseball owners. Right. Um, and that that's my fault. I should never underestimate the greed of the uber wealthy. Um, it obviously behooves them to get games in um, to at least get some revenue generated this year. So, and, you know, like I said, I think – What's funny about that is, is that in a week I could be saying the exact opposite thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just the the times we live in right now. It's impossible to know. You know, we don't know anything. So when a guy says, "Oh, well, we're going to start playing NFL games in September and we're going to fill the stadiums," you don't know that. Yeah, I think it's also. Make that. I think Go it's ahead. also going to be uh, interesting to keep an eye on how the uh, on how the KBO operates. Uh, I sure. believe they're set to start their season um, later this, this month. month. Yep. Yeah. So if they're able to, let's say they're able to play a few weeks of baseball and there are really no hangups, I think that's going to bode well for Major League Baseball and their and their plan and them sure. feeling more comfortable and being able to enact this plan. Obviously, sure. the situation in South Korea is a lot different than it is in the U.S. or just in North America in general. But, um. I think if you can see baseball being played safely in a safe quarantine environment, 
um, you know, with the use of masks and all that. And I would hope that, you know, if Major League Baseball returns, they do require all players to wear some sort of mask. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think, uh, again, a lot of this hinges upon the KBO and the success that they may see from there. Right, and not to get too political here, but I've been hammering for a uh, South Korean-style response to this thing for a couple weeks now. Uh, they seem to be on top of things uh, over there. Um, so They flattened yeah, the would, curve, I believe. They've, they flattened their curve. I mean, nearly eradicated it, and yeah. it took them two months. They got, the sa- they got their first case the same day we did, and our, <laughs> our societies have gone in completely opposite directions since then. So... Yeah, draw whatever conclusions from that you want. Anyways, um, to avoid getting into a political debate here, um, although I can't imagine it would be a debate so much as a yeah between us, it would not be a debate. Right. <laughs> I think we we you and I pretty much see eye to eye. It pretty much, you know, speaking to the or preaching to the choir in uh, that quote unquote debate. But again, we're not here to talk about that. Um, Let's get to our one question, and it looks like we're going to have time to answer this question and get to Ty's uh, little fun uh, thought exercise there at the mm-hmm. end here. So here's the uh, here's the question that we got today. It is from Jay Green on Twitter at Klingon sixty one forty two. Tells okay. me everything I need to know. Um, yep. He says, "I'm curious if a shortened or modified season is going to happen. Then will this change the outlook for the roster?" Meaning, uh, would or could we see younger players in the lineup more to give them experience? You just kind of expand on that. I think that's part of the idea here is that there's not going to be a minor league season. That right. seems totally inviolable right now. Um, so if there's not a minor league season. Could we see a team like the Mariners start these guys or at some point call these guys up to play in the major leagues this year just to get them at bats or innings? What do you think? Um. I think it works if your rosters are expanded to 40 plus. Um, And I think it works if, you know, that idea that I had that there's an A and B team. I think that works because maybe you have a chance to give these guys at bats or give these guys innings against lesser talent Mm -hmm. because of that. Uh, Much like it would be in spring training. So I think that would work in that instance. Now, if the rosters are simply just cut off at 29, you're going against high-caliber major league talent on a daily basis. I don't think that's going to be all that beneficial. I don't know. It, I mean, like in the case of someone like Jerry Kelnick, the guy has 90 plate appearances at, at the AA level. Right. Um, do you really it really comes down to whether or not you want him to come up struggle against major league, you know, high caliber major league talent, lose confidence and go into next year, kind of feeling down on himself or, or if you value that experience. Right. Well, not to mention also burning a year of service time. Exactly. A year where you're really not going to compete and things could be shut down and you know what I mean? So it just, so like for a guy like Kelnick in particular, who I have a feeling this question is really about, um, mm-hmm. that's that's the real tough one because we assumed at some point he would be up this year, uh, but we also assumed it was going to be 
what June at the earliest. And I yeah. think I said August, I felt like was, you know, pretty realistic. Um, you don't want Kelnick to and it's not like Kelnick is going to sit on the couch and become out of shape. He's a worker. He's going to grind. He's going to get his, yeah. he's going to get his workouts in, but there's a big difference between lifting weights and hitting off a tee and hitting in a cage versus, you know, this guy's got a slider today. He's got a fastball that's in the upper nineties and he's got a change up that I got to, you know, how am I going to attack? They're just so completely different. So, and that is a repetitious activity. You can't become a better hitter without getting live at bats. It just doesn't work. So yeah, that, that's a, that's a tough one for guys like Kelnick. If it's, we're talking about guys like Julio Rodriguez and even George Kirby's and guys like that who are, a, you know, probably a full year away at least. Um, I think, you know, unfortunately you just, you have to find a way to, to keep them, you know, working, but you have to also understand that it doesn't really benefit them to come up right now and struggle. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, it's a tight line you have to walk here. I think, you know, in terms of like fringe prospects, for example, somebody like Sam Delaplane not really a fringe guy, but you know what I mean? Mm. Just somebody who he's probably, he can probably survive the majors right now. It makes a lot of sense for him. Logan Gilbert. Um, yeah. That's is probably the here. Right. I, and I think Gilbert is good enough right now that you should carry him on the 40 man roster. Um, and then maybe it's, he doesn't pitch in a major league game for a couple weeks, but he's at the team facility because he's on the 40 man and he can get his work in and he can build that way. And then in July, if they start games in June or whatever, then you can, you know, he can make a couple starts or, you know, you know what I mean? So um, for a guy like Gilbert makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think you can just go ahead and put him on the roster if you really wanted to um, kind of sucks for Taiwan Walker and Kendall Graveman, but you know, them's the breaks. So uh, for a guy like Gilbert makes a lot of sense for a guy like Julio Rodriguez, doesn't make a lot of sense for a guy like Jared Kelnick. Pooh boy. <laughs> that's, that's the gray area right there is Kelnick. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, I, I think this would in theory, at least for me, I would go ahead and I would, I, I don't need to see Carlos Gonzalez who's still on the roster. Um, I don't need to see Jose Marmaleos at that point. Just give me Braden Bishop, let him go out there and let him play. And the Mariners are going to play a lot of young guys anyways this year, right? JP Crawford, mm-hmm. Shedlong, Evan White, Daniel Vogelback, you know, Kyle Lewis, Jake Fraley. Those guys are going to play anyway. So um, I, I think, you know, to me, the the litmus test here for how the Mariners are going to handle this is what do they do with Kelnick? Because I think you can make a pretty good argument on both sides of things here. So yeah. I don't know, man. That's that's a really good question. Um, it's different for I think you would at least try it with him. At some point. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: I think, is if you if you put him on the major, if you put him on the forty man roster, so he can be in your facility, right? Mm-hmm. Because it sounds like that's the only way you're going to be able to be at the facility is if you're on that forty man roster. Well, if he's on the forty man, but he's not officially called up, he's still accruing uh, service time, isn't he? I would assume so. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to me here, the risk kind of outweighs the reward as much as I want to see Kelnick. I just, I mean, we're talking about losing a year of service time for what? 
Like, I mean, if he comes up and he hits right away and he's good, then okay, fine. But this is kind of similar to like how they lost a year of service time with A-Rod uh, back in the mid-90s. They brought him up for August and September of 1995, barely used him. But he played enough, he was on the roster long enough to accrue a year of service time. So now he's a free agent at the end of the 2000 season as opposed to the 2001 season. I think the Mariners might have been a little bit better in 2001 if they had Alex Rodriguez at shortstop. Instead of Mark McLemore. <laughs> hey, do not be smirched Carlos Guillen. But yeah, yeah he's, no, he's no Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think uh, Kelnick is kind of the one that I am uh, that I'm like on the fence about. So we'll see. Uh, I, but I think he's the I don't know what the right phrase for this is, but he's like the most prominent test balloon. Um because yeah. he's yeah, relatively close, but also not really close somehow. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's going to be interesting to see what other teams do with some of their prospects that are in a similar sure. position. Guys like Joey Bart, Adley Rutschman, um, mm-hmm. these guys that are you know that were supposed to come up in 2020, but not right away. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the plan is going to be there for for some of these other teams. So it's it's going to be really interesting. I, you know, I'm honestly kind of excited about it uh, because there's so much intrigue and there's so much uncertainty with all of it that I think if they're able to do this safely, this is going to be a really fun season to watch. Sure, sure. Like I said, they can find a way to do it safely and they get the sign off from independent doctor. Like here's, I don't want any governmental agencies to be the only ones to sign off on this because they have a vested interest in, you know, getting this thing started. It's a return to normalcy and they can help out their, their buddies. And, you know, so if the, whatever the CDC okays this plan, it's like, okay, well now go get some independent doctors and see if they sign off on it too. So, yeah. You know, another thing we haven't touched upon is, another thing that we can touch uh, that we haven't touched upon is what this does for major league baseball's popularity. If they're one of the first teams to come back or leagues to come back, you know, this is a league that has died down in terms of national exposure. Sure. I mean, you know, I said this, you're the only uh, show in town. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I believe I said this last week, um, on the solo podcast I did is that, you know, not even, ESPN talks about that. I mean, it's not like ESPN would have anything interesting to say about baseball, but or insightful. Or intelligent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but baseball is kind of just taking a back seat in the last few years. And um, if they are one of the few sports to return, you know, I, I, I believe uh, golf and tennis are going to be able to, to come back rather quickly as well, just because of the nature of their game. Sure. Um, I think if you have Major League Baseball on TV every day, that's going to do wonders for their league, especially if the NBA gets canceled, if the NFL gets pushed back. Yeah, it certainly would. Um, and I, I think that's probably why Major League Baseball is pushing this as much as it is, uh, because they know if, if they're the only girl in the bar, then they're going to get some interest. Right. Um, great analogy. I mean, it's it, that, shout great out to, analogy. 
shout out to my buddy, Matt Golden, who loves to use that analogy. when we talk fantasy football, particularly tight ends and usually about Greg Olson. So, um, shout out to him for that. Not but, that he listens to By the to way, these, did but... you see that, uh, that tight end room, uh, Zoom No, I haven't seen it Seahawks. yet. It, it, no, it is on my watch list, though, but I have not it seen is, it yet. It is I imagine really awkward. It is really awkward watching Greg Olson just be bewildered by how weird and young Luke Wilson and Jake Hollister <laughs> these guys is are. Hol- is Hollister but, a weird guy? Because I know he, Luke Wilson is. Yeah, Luke Will- Luke is by far the weirdest one. He asked, He's out there, man. He's out there. He asked, uh, he asked Greg like how many people it would take to kill a silverback gorilla. <laughs> i mean let's be honest if seattle ever had to do hard knocks which they, i'm happy that they never have luke wilson would be the star of that oh yeah by far i mean yeah i was sad a- when they uh when they did the raiders and they barely focused on luke that that's just a huge missed opportunity on their part um yeah, yeah luke wilson would be the unquestioned star of you know you and your canadian buddies up there man you guys are weird um oh yeah and then uh will disley's uh zoom name is bill disley so uh <laughs> so i'm 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 so i'm i'm referring to will disley as bill disley from now on bill uncle disley. bill that, that sounds like the worst like alias that you would check into a hotel with ever i'm here to check into my private room the name bill disley <laughs> Yeah, we know who you are, sir, but I'm sure nobody will think of that. William Disley. <laughs> well, maybe he's going by Bill. Yeah, sure. Brilliant. Um, but anyways, uh, so yeah, that's kind of the plan as we see it. Um, obviously, I'm sure we'll see another plan here in the next four, five, six days. Um, who will it baseball. be leaked to next? John Heyman? <sighs> Probably. They're kind of making the rounds here. They did ESPN. They did USA Today. They can't use major league. They can't use MLB Network. So I mean, there goes Morosi and uh, Rosenthal. So yeah, it probably it'll probably be Heyman, um, which will make us all question the validity validity of that as well. I'm sure he's going to throw a shot at the Mariners in there at some point. I'm sure. I'm sure he will. He can't help himself. Yeah. Also, yep. you know, he's not bright enough to come up with another joke. So, um, anyways, let's let's move on to your question here, Ty. As we wrap up this show, um, why don't you go ahead and. Uh, Go ahead and uh, ask your question here. So, yeah, uh, I was hoping we could discuss some players on the Mariners roster that I would assume would be in Arizona if this, if this thing does get kicked off that you and I view as underdogs on the team that we're rooting for. Guys like Braden Bishop. Right. Who there isn't a whole lot of uh, hype around them there's maybe a lot of skepticism or just maybe they're just been ignored um there's a couple of other players that i can think of off the top of my head but i wanted to hear your thoughts on that basically guys we want to succeed really bad yeah and maybe not for maybe not for baseball like obviously you would say like well i want you know i want jared kelnick to perform really bad because that helps the Mariners, but maybe it's more of, I want them to perform because I like them. You know, is that, is that kind of what you're going for here? Yeah. 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 It's um, guys that you're rooting for in general. Uh, All right. It's well, kind of like as uh, the, my guy series, but expanded sure, upon sure. that and taking from guys that, you know, either people are skeptical about or just really sure. all don't, 
care that much and isn't getting that much spotlight right now. Sure. All right. Um, you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. Um, first guy that jumps to mind is Yusei Kikuchi. Um, yeah. It's a guy who's a grinder. He works his butt off. He's made adjustments this offseason. We got to see a little bit of that in spring training. You know, he had such a difficult year last year, both on and off the field. Um, but he, again, he kept his head down. He didn't miss any starts. He gave you 160 innings. He really battled through some stuff. Um, he was, he was good. Uh, or, you know, he was, he's a good example of what you want a baseball player to be, uh, particularly one that's coming from overseas for the first time. Like that's the model of what you want off the field. Um, and in terms of preparation and he made some changes this year. You remember the big thing early in spring training was the velocity. Oh my God. The velocity was so good. Um, Mm-hmm. it was what 95 96 consistently um, yeah so that's a guy just because of the work he put in and how badly i know he wants to be a successful big leaguer that's one guy that i am definitely going to root for this year to uh to succeed so mm-hmm. yeah um, um mine is malik smith yeah um i love malik's i love his personality i sure I, I you know before he came to seattle i love the way that he played ball you know, he didn't have a spring training last year, got hurt, came back. It was just, uh, it was a mess. Um, you know, he had some fielding woes, especially early on in the season. Um, just really couldn't put it together at the plate. I think this year, you know, and of course, you know, things are weird. And now he's not going to have another, you know, he's going to have another year worth of, you know, uh, this inconsistent playing time etc you know at the beginning of the year and going into the season and it's just but again also that's going to be weird for everyone around him as well um but i think for malix he's shown that he can be a solid two to three win player in this league mm-hmm. um he's had um a couple of really good seasons and I think he's much better than he than what we saw last year, frankly. Yeah. Um, and I think he has the ability to be a spark club, a spark plug off of the bench for the for the Mariners eventually, or uh, within their starting lineup at, at you know at the bottom of their lineup and be able to steal a ton of bases as long as he's able to get on base the way that he was in Tampa. And um, yeah, I I. I really want Malik to succeed this uh in his time with the Mariners because I think you know you saw what a guy like D Gordon could do for this clubhouse and you know D's still here but you know Malik's is kind of that same personality cut from the same cloth and um uh, Jesus <laughs> what the hell <laughs> uh one of the new features we have here on our uh potential new streaming platform uh is a chat and i just sent ty a lovely message of encouragement um that he apparently uh does not like so um that that sucks for him but uh yeah you know it's 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 unfortunate that ty can't be mature about that well um (laughs) you know some sometimes you need the support of your homies and uh i'm not i'm not feeling that right now i'm not feeling the love in this chat all right simply put jesus christ all right so (laughs) the chat is gonna be a game changer 
<laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this. Now I feel enormous amount of pressure to oh, perform. Oh no, did now. I hurt your feelings? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I quit. Well. All right, um, well, peace. And- That'll do it for the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. You were okay. You were so up Malik Smith. Yeah. So um, yeah, Malik is um, really great personality that I think can uh, really pull a, uh, a clubhouse together, and uh, I hope that that can translate well to the field, um, and hopefully he can improve upon you know by far the worst season of his career. Right. Um, you know, really, there's only one way to go about it for him. I would hope so. Um, just like there's only one way to go, one way to go for you. Uh, but anyways, um, a couple other guys that, wow, that's nice. Ty's coming in here with the filthy language and imagery. On the chat, but, you know, <laughs> wow. yeah, whatever. Yeah, some yeah, some of us have class. Some of us don't. It's, it's fine. Um, but anyways, guys, <laughs> we're kind of going off the rails right now. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but yeah, the just worst part wrap- is they can't see this. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, probably a good thing on your part. I mean, that's some terrible language there. Um, but oh. anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, just kind of wrap up this discussion here. There are a couple more guys that kind of came to my mind. Um, obviously JP Crawford is a guy who's had tremendous amounts of pressure in his career to perform. Right, um, yeah. and we saw it for flashes last year. We also saw him really struggle for large chunks of the year. And that's a guy that I hope, uh, can exercise some of those demons. Um, Kyle Seeger kind of similar, um, you know, one of the best players in Mariners history that's so often overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. and he's coming off a bad 2018 and 2019. He was okay for one month and like MVP level for another. And then the rest of the time he was pretty bad, mediocre at least. Um, right. so obviously I'm always going to root for Kyle Seeger. Uh, Austin Nola is a guy that's kind of hard not to root for um, as well. The Mariners have a ton of these guys, um, which makes the team fun and endearing. Well, so obviously and the guy Mitch Haniger. Yeah. And the guy that I used as an example at the, uh, at the beginning of all this was Braden Bishop. And mm-hmm. that's a guy that was one of the earliest cuts in camp. Um, yep. you know, he's coming off of that horrific spleen injury. Um, and, you know, some have said that he just really doesn't look the same. Um, you know, and he's gone through a lot and he, you know, especially over the last year, he lost his mom. Um, he has his, uh, he has his foundation, uh, and he's Mm -hmm. just a genuinely great guy that you want to see succeed. And he's clearly the best defensive player on this team. Um, but you know, it really comes down to his health and being able to perform offensively, um, which we haven't seen. Um, so, but again, with the personality and, and just the genuine person that he is, um, there's no guy that I would root for more than Brandon Bishop to succeed. I would agree with that. So, um, I think, uh, you know, that pretty much wraps it up. Like I said, Mitch Hanniger is another guy, uh, selfishly justice Sheffield, um, because I've, I've staked quite a bit of. I don't have a reputation, but I've staked quite a bit of credibility on the idea that he's going to be uh, quite good this year. Um, so, well, like I said, I mean, I guess you can't lose what you never had. So, um, you know, those are just a few guys shed long. Uh, Evan White, obviously. Um, you I, see I would succeed. honestly even throw. I would honestly even throw Marco Gonzalez into this. Oh, because... you have to root for Marco. 
Yeah, and I feel like Marco doesn't get enough love. Uh, yeah, you know, Marco is definitely not an ace, even though that he is the no. you know first pitcher atop their their rotation. But he's a really solid pitcher that has been dependable for a couple of years now, coming off of Tommy John surgery, and has really rebuilt his career and uh, reshaped his future in Major League Baseball. And I, I, I'm very happy that he's a, a, mar- a member of the Mariners, and I think he can um, provide, you know, pretty solid contributions over the next few years. As you know, eventually he'll get pushed down in the rotation, but I think he can be a a really solid number three, number four in this rotation in a couple of years. Right. He's a guy who's not going to lead a staff in terms of numbers, but he can definitely lead a staff in terms of, you know, leadership and work ethic and things like yeah, that. He's, and he's, and he's one of the guys that has really bought into the, you know, into yep. Jerry DePoto and Scott services system. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And, you know, he's become one of the leading voices in that clubhouse. Um, yeah, I, I think what you got out of Marco, you know, and this was a trade, you know, when they traded Tyler O'Neill for Marco, this was under a severe amount of scrutiny. And I think yeah, now looking on that, uh, looking back on that, that is a an Steel. excellent trade. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if Tyler O'Neill becomes what we think he still can become, it's still a great trade for the Mariners. So. Um, yeah, I think that's going to uh, wrap up our podcast. Ty, you have anything you want to say before we officially sign off? Um, no, I think I think that's it. I think All we, right, that's uh, we touched on a lot. All right. Well, so, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I think we touched on a lot of good stuff. I, I think, you know, in terms of Major League Baseball coming back, you know, I, I miss the Mariners a ton. I miss baseball a ton. Uh, but I'm willing to wait a little longer. Um as long as we can ensure the safety of players, coaches, staff, and, you know, not put anyone's uh, else's health at risk by taking resources that aren't needed right now by Major League Baseball. Yep. Totally agree, 100%. And uh, that's going to wrap up the podcast here, guys. So thank you so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast. Go ahead and and, uh, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, to make sure you don't miss any new episodes. Uh, got my new sound card, so we should be back to a pretty normal schedule at this point uh, going forward. Uh, also, make sure you guys visit SotoMojo.com. We are putting up a lot of content, namely trade reevaluations and things like that. Um, but it would really help us out a lot if you guys would go to the website, read an article, and just let us know what you think. Uh, you can let us know what we think on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. We also have a Facebook page. You can just search SotoMojo and find it. Make sure you like the Facebook page. Um, and uh, we're going to start posting there a little more frequently to try and bump those numbers up. Uh, so if you're a Facebook person, you know, give us a shot. Um, if you're on Twitter, make sure you uh, do us a favor and retweet any articles that you maybe find interesting. If you're on Facebook, go ahead and share those articles. They would really tremendously help us out right now. So again, that's uh, on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. That's on Facebook, SotoMojo. Pretty basic there. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. Visit SotoMojo.com if you guys have the time. And uh, stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, stay at home. And I'll see you in another life, but not right now. Peace out. Peace.